Hello and welcome to the Common Geeking Frog. What? What are you fucking doing? Explosions. I'm oh doing explosions. You son of a bitch. I had a whole thing planned out and you're just going in here with. <laughs> Sounds more like static than explosion. Or like Donald Duck. Kaboom! Blah! Welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club style podcast where each episode we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. And holy, holy moly, guys, the impossible has happened. Uh, Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that someone in this podcast other than myself would suggest that we fucking talk about Transformers. But here we goddamn go. We're fucking talking about Transformers the last night. It, 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 it's a film if you haven't seen it just go. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's an experience it's, uh i'm joined by a couple it's, not it's, fucking... not it's actually super boring and it's like two and a half hours long <laughs> for no good reason i thought it was like three something i'm it it's feels two like hours that. and 45 minutes uh i'm joined by a couple fellow nerds here today who can introduce themselves who are you guys hi i'm time Chaudhry or chowder Whichever you prefer. And I'm Kaboom! Blah! We have to get to the chopper! Now! By the way, <laughs> check out my tits! Oh. Marky okay. Mark! Oh. oh. Okay. That's a concern that uh. I was not expecting. <laughs> is uh, that not a Michael Bay movie? It is. That just. It, it caught me off guard that you went straight for the tits. Yeah, because in this scenario, I was I was imagining I wasn't I wasn't immersed enough in the scenario they were setting forth, and I was still imagining Chowder in this situation. Right. Uh, so then I just imagined Chowder like pulling up his shirt, going, "Look at my tits," and that's not <laughs> quite the Michael Bay energy I was expecting at, at this uh, exact juncture. I mean, considering how that we've seen Stanley Tucci take his pants off. And also seeing Stanley Tucci get pissed on by a robot, and also Stanley Tucci under the balls of a giant. That was Stanley robot. Tucci. That that was Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci does not get pissed on. That's fucking what's his face. Also, it's like four movies ago. I'm Stanley going... Tucci's only in two of these. So anyway, I'm Pat, and I was the one who suggested we do this episode, much to the chagrin of the rest of the the gang. And uh, he's already regretting it. I don't regret it, but I have many, <laughs> many questions for how this oh, movie boy. got made. And we're we're here to to provide some answers and ask some more questions, probably more of the latter. Uh, this intro has been a bit of a clusterfuck, but so is the subject of today's episode. So uh, we're going to start off by summarizing and discussing the topic and then end with a little uh, rating section where we decide if today's topic was worthwhile or enjoyable um we may or not be we may or may not be doing a ratings we'll see yeah we'll we'll fucking see when we get to the end of it i think holistically we can say it was not worthwhile uh enjoyable i think is a bit more of a question mark uh <laughs> but let's uh let's move on into the summary and we can uh, break it down for you All right, so if you are unfamiliar with the uh, Transformers movie franchise, uh, the movies made by Michael Bay, uh, this is the fifth in this 
series, which uh, you couldn't really tell by watching them because they have almost no cohesive plot whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, the... Okay, so this movie, the summary, I already know it's going to be a nightmare, but uh, the this movie opens up with, if you are uninformed, if you're just walking into this movie and not knowing you're about to watch a Transformers movie, you would have no fucking idea that you're about to watch a Transformers <laughs> movie, because of course, we open up and it looks just like any fucking of the quadrillion generic King Arthur movies that have been made in the past decade or so, because we are in uh, ye olden times, uh, I believe specifically, and I think I think I have this in my notes written somewhere. It just says the dark ages <laughs> rather yeah. than giving a yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. And, and also like, like there's like a big war that will decide uh civilization or chaos. Yep. And it's like, who yep. the fuck are, well, Hey, who the fuck are they fighting? Right. The stakes are never defined. They, they never, yeah. they never say who they're fighting and B Britain is not civilization. Like all of it. I mean, Anyway, yeah, I mean, this is like it the the whole scene just like oozes of like pure genericism in terms of like the King Arthur story and it's like, oh, we got our knights of the round table, they're all wearing fucking classic like I, I, looking at some of the uh like behind the scenes footage of this, I'm thinking like, man, this scene must have actually cost like a buttload of money cuz they like had all these extras and all these costumes. And what is the point of having this in a Transformers film? What? And like and like the armor <laughs> they're way- wearing is like very ornate, you know? Right. Like yeah. well, what if it was like left over from another movie? You know, maybe they reused yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that that seems to be the the general theme of this whole film is just like it really feels like someone just came and was like, hey, I've got this fucking, you know, pitch for a King Arthur movie that comes to modern day and there's like science fiction involved. And Michael Bay was like, oh, perfect. I don't have a good script for the next Transformers movie yet. <laughs> and the poor intern standing next to him holding his fucking, you know, life script is, is just like, ah, Gee, Michael, I was kind of hoping we'd make this its own thing and not make this Transformers Five. And he's like, "Nope, this is this is how this is going." Uh, so, and, and like, here's the thing: like, the idea of Transformers in the medi- what Transformers in the medieval ages would be kind of fun. Like, but you know, the movie doesn't actually take place in the medieval ages. No, so. yeah, it yeah. does not. It takes place in present day, uh, notionally after. The fourth Transformers movie, Age of Extinction, though there are, uh, as with all the Transformers movies, a lot of questions as to how those movies relate in the slightest. Uh, like, but I, I, like for this movie, I feel like I was missing a ton of context, important context, and it's like you're telling me four does not nope. provide any of those contexts. Not three. No, not in two, fact, Chowder, I think if you had watched four, you'd have more questions than you do if you hadn't. Like how Stanley Tucci is a successful businessman trying to market Transformers in Age of Extinction. And then in this one, he's playing Merlin in the year 13 fucking whatever. Yeah. So (laughs) it makes no sense. Did Merlin survive for this entire time? I'm almost certain Stanley Tucci was in the first movie, though. He got pissed off by Bumblebee. Nope. Nope. That that was... that's what's his face. I can't remember his name, but the guy who's in uh, Big Lebowski, not not the one in Big Lebowski, but uh, what's his fucking name? I Hold didn't on. think I'd have to look it up because he plays a minor character. He's Simmons, you know. He's in this movie as well, Chowder. Uh, 
is he? Fine, you're gonna have to fucking look me up. Simmons I am looking Transform- it up right now. I, I look. Everyone looks the same. The Transformers all look the same. Stanley Tucci is not in this movie. Stanley Tucci is in this movie. He's no, no, not no, 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 no. In not the... in Transformers One is what I'm saying. No, correct. Yeah, no, not even a yeah. little bit. Uh, uh, John Turturro. John you're thinking of John Turturro's character. John Turturro got pissed on. To be very fair, yeah. there's always there's always at least one character in these movies that has a similar energy. Usually, in addition to John Turturro also being in those movies, he is in this movie as well. Yep. Uh, probably not relevant enough to even get a mention in the full fucking summary of this plot, because why is John Turturro in this movie? So, yes, we've got Merlin. Merlin makes contact with a Transformer who is very knight-looking, and he's like, here, take this staff. And then Merlin controls this big metal dragon that goes and, and wins, wins King Arthur the, the, the fight. Right. And then we, uh, we, we move to present day where... Uh, Optimus I mean, is this... just floating around in space <laughs> going... That that is go. maybe the one question that is answered by uh, that is at, answered by Age of Extinction, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so the the world that they've set up is now Transformers are illegal on Earth. Weird way to phrase it, but whatever. Um, I mean, I mean, I think the metaphor is pretty on the nose, but like, yeah, yeah, uh, we'll we'll get to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but. Um, Transformers are now illegal on Earth following notionally the events of all the other movies where they blow up a city every single time. It's believable, even though it's not like referencing a specific events. We we are opened to this junkyard scene where this uh, this group of kids is is being a little little rascals and they're they're going to check out the quarantine zone because it's a transformer ridden wasteland or whatever. And then we meet a character who we think is probably going to be one of the main characters in this movie. Considering uh, this... the significance they played in the first hour, and then we, you would think she'd yep. be important, but then she drops off the face of the movie for the rest so of the this girl, uh, this girl, Isabel, she's got her, her two Transformer she, friends. She, she's this, like this a funky dude. little orphan girl who's like made yep. friends with the Transformers in the quarantine zone. And yeah, and, and she's been living out in the wild, so she knows how it really is. And also, uh, you know she's Latina, because she randomly says Spanish words. <laughs> also, her little sidekick Transformer robot just randomly says guacamole every once in a while? Or was or, it something else? I don't remember. I Chihuahua. That's what he was yeah. saying. I cho- right. He said he says something that's just kind of a racist stereotype. And that's all he... It is like his entire presence in the movie uh but yeah she's got this little robot named squeaks who is a transformer god knows how he got there she also knows how to fix transformers just like yep really really well even though she's a child and probably yeah i guess she's been chilling with this dude named canopy but now that these kids are there the the government which is now you know has a very uh, i believe trf is the name of their task force they have a very anti-transformers stance right so they're like oh shit there's some kids here we gotta kill that robot who's standing right next to him not squeaks this is her other friend canopy who's a regular size transformer so they're just like oh shit this is a really dangerous situation there's a bunch of kids right there we should probably blow that thing up that's standing like three feet from them with missiles with missiles could have easily killed any one of them Scrapnel's not a thing at all. So uh, Isabel, her her friend Canopy here, gets murdered. And then uh, fucking star of the last movie, uh, Age of Extinction, Mark Wahlberg, playing uh, the 
character of Cade Yeager, who is a failed inventor, I think it's fair to say, yeah. uh, shows up and now he, you know, he's like running a fucking junkyard to to help transformer refugees. So he scoops them all up and a then gets them to yard. safety. Not the, not the junkyard they're currently in. A different junkyard. Different, different junkyard. junkyard yeah. Yes. Uh, his his own his own junkyard, and then uh, he shows up. Fucking uh, Isabel kind of smuggles herself into the junkyard while the rest of the kids just go back to their normal lives, and, um, and like the rest of the kids just drop off the base. Of yeah, the yeah. Because, well, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think they not were meant before to be characters, saying but they were not, never meant to be characters, but there was a weird amount of emphasis on right. them because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these movies do that where they put like a weird a lot of emphasis on like background characters, which in a, in a different, better movie I might admire. That's like all, all of the background characters aren't just like generic weirdos, but they actually seem to have personalities. But yeah. since it's mostly played for like weird sex charge jokes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying in a different movie, I might appreciate that these guys have right. like actual characteristics, but it's it's just kind of played for weird jokes in 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 this film. Um, weird but, horny jokes. Yeah, weird horny, horny for jokes. The Fourteen year old girl jokes. Yeah, That's it's weird. Comfortable. It's weird. It's all weird. But uh, before going back to the junkyard, uh, he finds this broken down ship of a transformer that landed in this zone. Very little emphasis is pointed on this. We're just like. Boom, next scene, he's standing next to the ship helping this dude out. And this is like a really regal night transformer. And he's like, yo, Kay Jager, you're my man. You're 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 the chosen one or whatever. You're a good man. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, this this guy basically is like, yo, take this crazy, important talisman. And Kay Jager's like, nah, fam. But the talisman is a transformer, of course. So it fucking follows him around. Um, and they go back to the junkyard. There's like a line outside where he's talking to a uh, a Native American police officer. And he says something really fucking racist. And the guy's like, and then, of course, the character points out, that's kind of racist, which I guess is Michael Bay's excuse to just put a racist joke in the movie as long as the characters pointed out it's okay, question mark? What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he, we get to the junkyard. Uh, we've got all of our characters from uh, Age of Extinction surprising, you know, follow through with continuity of characters uh, that is not... We Not have, usually happens with any characters other than Bumblebee and Optimus Prime. We have uncomfortable yeah. Japanese stereotype. We have robot yep. with like iron shavings. Dude, for the fear. thing that annoys the hell yeah, out of John me John Goodman is they didn't even pick a Japanese car to play the Japanese <laughs> character. It's a fucking Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. He's a. I think he's a Bugatti in Age of Extinction. It doesn't make. I don't any know. Sense. Those are both German. Yeah. Okay. God. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's anyway. Yeah, no. Drift is just like a blatant racist stereotype. It's really uncomfortable. Uh, Hound is basically just robot John Goodman. Yep, that's it. And then Crosshairs, who doesn't really have a lot of screen time in this movie, which is good because he's he was kind of an infuriating character from Age of Extinction. But again, he do, he doesn't really have enough going on in this one to really be w- worth talking about too much. Um, so yeah, they're there. Christ, where does it go from here? They start uh, tugging I mean, at the heartstrings a little bit by talking about each other's families. You find out that the little oh, orphan right. girl yeah. so actually Kate, is Kate an orphan. Yeager's, yeah, Kate Yeager's daughter, who was a main character in Age of Extinction, is now just in college, I guess, but he can't talk to her because he's a refugee from the government or a uh, a criminal wanted right. by the government for all of his Transformer dealing. 
Um, so they try to play that for emotions a little bit, but I just don't give a shit What's at this very point. Funny, because though, is that the Ch- chowder? You don't know because maybe you haven't watched Age, Age of Extinction or it's been a while. But uh, if any, if I learned a single fucking thing from Age of Extinction is that Kay Jaeger is the worst fucking father on the face of the planet. So this is not really doing anything for me <laughs> right. personally. So what I, mean, I, think- I mean, as someone who hasn't watched Age of Extinction and knows nothing about his character. It doesn't matter to me because, like, they yeah. never bring it up again. You know, there's a right. moment at the end where he's like, hey, daughter, I can now be a father again. The thing uh, that well, probably is, is hilarious, though, is that, like, they only have 30 seconds on the phone and she's just talking to him about stuff and he can't say anything mm-hmm. back. But after watching that scene from Age of Extinction where uh, the boyfriend pulls out the Romeo and Juliet card or whatever... All I want to imagine is at the very end of that, she was going to say she loves her boyfriend or something like that, and like, fuck you, dad, or something like that, but... <laughs> but it gets cut off. But it gets cut off, so he doesn't hear it, and he's like, man, I love my daughter so much, and she's just sitting there like, fuck you, dad! Yeah, so he does some inconsequential bonding with Isabel about how she's an orphan, uh, and he his fucking daughter is A little bit more about Light Spawn, Con. <laughs> yeah, one of the little... I, that is that is a question that I have in these movies, which maybe we can talk about later if there's time. But, like, generally speaking, in most, like, Transformers media, better Transformers media, uh, the Transformers do not have sex and do not reproduce sexually. They are, like, made by their planet or whatever. Right. But there's just, like, baby Dinobots in this movie. Yep. And Hound says something about his father. And I've got questions about lineage about... <laughs> and, and, and then there's just Quint- quintessa who looks like a human woman just metal colored yeah. yeah and it's just Again, like we'll, and we'll, it's, we'll yeah well okay we'll, we'll get to that but i do have a lot to say about quintessa oh so do i um but i i I don't remember exactly how A leads to B, but we we are met with another scene where we're introduced to our other main character in this movie, who is uh, Vivian Wembley. Is that her name? Uh, yeah, uh, the I fucking, think so. Yes, Vivian Wembley. Who plays Polo. Like, yeah, but that this is a two-hour and 45-minute movie, but we definitely need to leave the fucking Polo scene in here. Well, yeah, man, okay. she fell off a horse and scored a goal or whatever the fuck they're calling Polo. Right, and that the only sick. bit of, of fucking... Because the Polo, I promise you, does not come back later in the movie. They just really need to stress that she is, in fact, British. Uh <laughs> The only bit of characterization we get for her here, which is arguably one of the only bits of characterization we get for the entire movie, is she scores this goal and her teammate is just like, is this why you're always single? Because this is something that is really emphasized with this character, is that she cannot find a man and therefore does not have a lot of worth. He's all butthurt because she didn't pass the ball to him. He's like, I was wide open. She's like, yeah, I don't care. I scored. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're met with our arguably most important piece of characterization about her, which is that she can't, she cannot hold down a man. Very important, because, you know, women don't have any other characteristics, really, other than fucking, as they relate to their sexual lives, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Michael. And, um, and then, like, once that scene is, like, over at the museum... She doesn't appear for another hour. 
Oh, oh my god. Oh, and also, it's like an hour later, she no, comes back also, in. <laughs> they throw in the bad driver trope, too, because when she gets there, she parks yep. her car and she, she just gets runs a bike into rack. some bicycles. Yeah. What was the point of that? Yeah. And then she's like, oh, I'm running so late. I can't pick up the bicycles. No, I'm a woman. I'm so frail. And then, like, so she's, like, a college professor, and then, like, oh, what what important lecture is she giving? Of course, she's teaching all of these students about the legend of King Arthur, because definitely no one in Britain went to kindergarten. We don't teach classes on King Arthur in college, Michael. I don't know if well, you've I'm ever sure been there to are. a college. I'm sure there are King Arthur I'm classes. I'm sure there are, but it's, like... No, but they wouldn't be teaching them what King Arthur is. Yeah, that's true. She'd be teaching them, like, you know... Like context origins, uh, yeah, the uh, history of the literature around King Arthur, yeah. not just like, oh, it said they existed, but actually, this is what I'm teaching you. They never really existed, and it's just like, right. what, what, if, what does Michael Bay think that a college class environment is like? Because now I'm just thinking back to the second movie when they have fucking Rain Wilson doing like an ego, ego maniacal like monologue on stage and i'm like okay michael bay has some pretty low opinions of what college is i think or some pretty weird warped opinions yeah uh, also also like you know all this time well this brief time spent on her before she's gone for an hour they don't establish the very important dynamic she has with her father which again another cliche <laughs> woman has daddy issues and yep. needs a real man. But, like, she has, like, a problem with her dad I involving, like, the time he spent researching the legend of King Arthur. And, you know, it comes back in a significant way in that she's the distant uh, descendant of Merlin. And yep. we could have established this stuff earlier for better payoff, but no. Also, can I just point out how fucking wild it is that, like, her main point of, like, contention with her father is that he spent too much time researching King Arthur and not spending time with her, and then she becomes a college professor that's teaching fucking the legend of King Arthur. It's a little wild. Yeah. Right? Because she supposedly is supposed to have disdain for this subject because, you know, she's like, oh, it's all dumb fairy tales. And I'm like, but then you couldn't have thought of anything else for her to be teaching a college course on? Yeah, just it's so you like, could... yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like she, she got a doctorate, a PhD, yeah. a philo just all this stuff and it's like on King Arthur? Yep. Shoot, you you could have had anything you could have had anything else. I don't know, like she's uh she teaches history and one student goes, yeah. "How does King Arthur fit into the history of England?" Oh, he's not real. You're full of it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh so at, at some point we are we are introduced to uh oh gosh, what's his name? Well, Megatron does exist. But <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins character yeah. of and I would not blame a single person for watching this movie and not catching what this character's name is because it was news to me on the IMDb page. Uh, his name is Sir Edmund Burton, apparently. Uh and uh he is fucking part of this like underground movement of like or this underground fucking not cult but like organization order yeah i guess it's order. Order. Like, like this long line of earls who like kept the secret of the transformers badly like, i might add i don't know what he's doing because after 2007 like it's right. kind of out of the bag he's still <laughs> keeping transformers secret 
even though we already know yeah. they're plentiful on Earth at this point. Like, also, how did they even manage to keep that a secret until 2007? They're giant kept in his fucking basement. robots. What do you mean? They're giant fucking robots. Yeah, and they transformed into cars and other things that we'll get to later. We saw yeah, the World it, War II flashback. Bumblebee did not stay a car. He was in full robot form, bazookaing everyone. Right, they killed gonna... everybody who saw him. What do you mean? <laughs> that just so, breaks up more questions. Listen, <laughs> let's, let's push on. All right, uh... Fucking so he's part of this order that that has been keeping Transformers secret and also like you know keeping up the legend of of Merlin and King Arthur this whole time, uh, like generations and generations. He's got a creepy little C three PO robot butler named Cogman who is an absolute psychopath and probably the best character in this movie. I don't know, uh, not a very high bar I would say. Um, but he basically uh, abducts our two main characters here. He goes and gets Vivian uh, by kidnapping her in her fucking car, which is it's a whole fucking weird thing. Uh, and he gets Cade Yeager and brings him in because... Bro, you skipped over all of the stuff where he, they raid the junkyard. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. It's hard to remember the order in which things happen in this fucking movie. Right, okay. before Cade gets, gets kidnapped... You gotta, Go you gotta do the whole uh, TRF goes and recruits Megatron to then make his suicide squad of bad guys to go. <laughs> who, by the who way, don't appear until the end. If I could just, okay, this is the biggest thing that I'm talking about when I'm saying you would not have, you would not be any less confused if you'd watch Age of Extinction because the entire plot of Age of Extinction was like this corporation brought back to life Megatron's dead body by accident. It's a whole thing. Maybe we'll talk about Age of Extinction sometime. And now they're like these, him and all of his cronies are like these super advanced Transformers that do this weird like warpy transformation. And it's no longer Megatron, it's now Galvatron. And he gets away at the end of the movie. And then in this movie, he's Megatron again. He has a completely different body. He no longer does the weird futuristic transformation. None of those weird futuristic Transformers exist anymore. And there's no explanation or even mention of it at all, and and uh, which is why, and also like you know they put a lot of emphasis on them, like they have like yeah. these flashy title cards and like unique uh, intros to each of them, yep. and then they just are aren't in the movie until the climax, and it's like no, most of them get killed within five minutes, dog. They're in that very next scene where they're raiding the junkyard and they go chase them through this deserted town, and then they all just die. Wait, they weren't in the climax? No, they were not. Night one of them was. One of them survived, but the other four just like got killed in that in that scene within five minutes after their flashy right. introductions. Oh my god. Which I I suspect I like I don't know what the timeline is. Suicide Squad came around came out around that time as well, right? Because I suspect that they were trying to capitalize with the marketing of this movie off of the marketing of Suicide Squad. Yeah. But it's just it's hilarious how yeah. they go out in the middle of the desert. You have a TRF guy standing point talking to Megatron with like four lawyers or government representatives behind him yeah. all on their computers and phones. And Megatron just spits out a name. He's like, I want this guy, Mohawk. And they they call over to the, the government. They're like, yeah, Mohawk's good. He's fine. He's, he's not going to hurt anybody. And then they pull him out of the hole. And he's like, I'm going to kill all of you. Just kidding. <laughs> not you. I'm going to kill you later. It's just like, okay, fine. And yeah. then they say this one name that's like Berserker or something like that. 
and they rip off his his mouth guard so that he can talk and he says something really menacing and then they're like no no you can't have him and then megatron like throws his sword on the ground like oh god damn it it's just the dumbest fucking scene yeah yeah also 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 like it, it's just wild that all of these characters like they're they're First of all, with the way that the government treats Transformers, why the actual fuck did they even have any Decepticon prisoners? This is not a scenario where, like, oh, all the Cybertronians are on Earth and they're, like, fucking reading them their Miranda rights or whatever. And then, like, they break a law and then they arrest them. They pretty much kill any Transformer they see on site, including the ones who have been, like, constantly working with the government for the past 10 years why do they have a motherfucker named berserker held in captivity why don't they just kill them why do they have decepticon prisoners like this is something i didn't even think about i said it's such a waste of taxpayer money to keep them all yeah yeah Yeah. locked up and And, charged like it's it just doesn't make any fucking sense and that it's it's completely unnecessary because they all die almost immediately um and then, yeah, I mean, at some point during all of this, we were introduced to the fact that fucking Optimus Prime is floating around in space, which is hilarious because the way that Age of Extinction ends is him flying off into space. Yeah, Optimus can fly now, I guess, question mark. Um, and he's just like, I'm going to go fucking find answers about our home world. And then the first thing we see of him in Age of Ex- in uh, The Last Night is him just like, as soon as I guess he got into the fucking space, he just froze and was floating around. <laughs> i'm amazed he made it to cybertron yeah i it's yeah fucking who knows what and and also like this has been pointed out by other people who have been critiquing this movie but he's like he fucking wakes up and he's like what did you do to my home world it's all in tatters but like in dark of the moon the third movie in the franchise Cybertron like teleported to Earth and then the Autobots are like, well, this is going to fuck up Earth. We really have to fucking undo this. And so they like destroyed the portal and Cybertron fucking like inverted on itself and imploded. So you fucking know what happened to Cybertron, Optimus. You are the one who did it. I didn't even I didn't even know that. My thought was, hold hold on a second. The reason you left Cybertron in the first place was because the war you had with the Decepticon <laughs> destroyed destroyed the planet you should right. know yeah. what happened to cybertron yeah yeah it's uh okay uh <laughs> but yeah no the uh the trf agent that you were talking about who's like doing the interview of megatron is one of the very few characters who has been well he has not been present since the first movie but he was a major character in the first movie right. which is why he comes off as a little bit more sane than literally every single person around him I don't know. They don't really utilize him in any significant fashion. I guess they just decided to fucking bring him back so that you'd have a familiar face to look at, I guess. There's no, of course, mention of still any mention of what happened to Sam Witwicky, our main character right. from the first three yeah. movies. There's maybe like a slight implication that he's dead, but... Well, no. What happened What happened was Disturbia happened. So now he's in <laughs> yeah. house arrest. <laughs> Wait, what? okay. Hold on. How- Sam Witwicky is dead? What? He's not dead. Uh, they don't really address it. I'm the saying there's like an in, implication that he might right, be. Somewhere, there's an implication, but, but my implication is that the movie Disturbia happens in the same universe, and he is now just in house arrest. So we were on the uh, the Optimus Prime right. is is in Cybertron now. Oh, meets wait. Quintessa. Who... Okay, and, and, okay. So I got to bring this up now. Quintessa looks like a human woman, just spray painted metal, and it's just like, why does she look like that? 
Yeah. Uh, uh, like, I know that Transformers is infa- infamously known for, like, you know, giant robot pecs and, like, lady Transformers with, like, swaying hips and stuff. But, like, never to this extreme. Never to the point where it's just a supermodel woman. Who doesn't transform ever. Yeah. I'm not... I don't think she is supposed to be a Transformer. She's... It's... There's, like... So she presents the the scenario that she is the one who created Cybertron, which, uh, fucking in in Transformers lore from like the original show, there is some precedent to that because there was a race of aliens called the Quintessons. They had five faces. They were crazy. That's why they're called Quintessons because they have five faces, uh, and they're just like this fucking corrupt other robotic alien race, and they're the ones who manufactured the Transformers. Um, so they named her Quintessa, which is the name of the right, planet yeah. that the Quintessons live on. But And she's like, oh, I'm the one who created the Transformers. But then there's, like, someone calls her the Great Deceiver later. So, like, I feel like this was something that was – and she doesn't die at the end of the movie. So Bro, I feel like this we'll is something that there. was going to be fucking – we'll get there. I'm just saying this is something that was fucking going to be, like, later addressed in Transformers 6, I imagine, if – the last night didn't do so poorly and all plans for that were scrapped. So yeah, she does like a little weird mind control thing to Optimus and turns him into Nemesis Prime because bitch slapping him. But you also yeah. find so out weird. that the staff that was given to Merlin came from her. That was her staff. Yeah. Allegedly. And she wants it back. She's got a hole in the yeah. wall where it goes all nice and neat like a Lego and it needs to come back. Yeah, so she's trying to get the staff. The staff is like the big fucking MacGuffin of right. this story, of which there is one in every single Transformers movie about this fucking ancient Cybertronian artifact that is just fucking left on Earth somewhere. Yep. Uh, is it always Earth? That movie, this movie, actually almost attempts to answer that question. Chowder, I'm so glad you brought that up because in this one, turns out Earth is Unicron, the the fucking planet eater, oh, destroyer right. of the worlds. Yeah. Yeah, I I, for, I forgot about that. I forgot about the main point. Okay, to be fair, every, every fucking mention of Unicron in this movie is also jumping around because I'm pretty sure it only existed to set up stuff. To the fucking kidnapping now. And then we eventually okay, get to the point. Yeah, just, okay, so... After the, uh, the junkyard raid where all of the aforementioned Suicide Squad robots are essentially killed off, they all run away only for the TRF to come in and try to capture Cade, but... He is unsuccessful because our Lord, whatever his name is, I can't even remember. You just said it not too long ago. Anthony Hopkins has a robot butler transformer who comes in and steals Kate away. And at the same time, he sends his uh, little car transformer hot rod, who for some reason has a French accent in this movie, over to go get uh, Vivian. Who kidnaps her, drives her all the way to the mansion. We have our big meat of our two sexually charged characters even though like they have nothing they have nothing in common yeah also (laughs) i i want to i want to like talk about how anthony hopkins like introduces like like he's he's talking to Cade, and he's like how about her that bitch of a car or uh that bitchin car she it's a bitchin bitchin car (laughs) yeah or she oh what a bitchin car she is and of course the car in question is a is a dude. Anthony Hopkins knows the car is a dude, so I can <laughs> only assume he's talking about the woman in the car. In which case, why did he refer to the lady uh, that he knows and seems to be personally 
uh, connected to as like a family friend or something, call her that. Refer to her like I, that. I have. I don't. I know. I don't think that. I I don't think that's a reasonable interpretation of that line, Chowder. I think he was definitely talking about the car, no. and they were just ignoring the fact that the car is in fact a sentient being. But but the car it's is a, a dude. Weird thing he to knows say. the car. He personally knows the car. No, so man. People he, yeah, but, he's, but he's talking about a car. It's more reasonable to think that he called the car a she than he called she a car. He's not calling her a car. We know that for a fact. <laughs> I'm just so confused. But it's, it's weird regardless. Right. So they get to know each other. Kate immediately insinuates that uh, Vivian is dressed like a slut. Even though she's wearing a perfectly normal dress. Yep. Which makes no sense <laughs> yeah. to me. He's like, why, you're wearing a stripper dress right now. It's just, it's literally a dress. Okay, we, uh, I, I think we need to start fucking speeding through this summary. Just going that. like real general plot points. Because, right. uh, because we, we definitely need to discuss some of these things in, in, in more detail and have time to right. do that. So basically, uh, what ends up happening is they they go and they find the staff of Merlin. It's in an underwater ship, um, and they they get the staff that they get to in a submarine that is a transformer. Allegedly, doesn't transform, but we're told it's a transformer. Uh, <laughs> so they get the staff and uh, so fucking Megatron comes and steals. This is where no. I fell asleep on my rewatch Optimus of the movies. <laughs> Right, Optimus comes as Nemesis Prime, and they're like, oh, fuck yeah, Optimus, it's been a while since we've seen you. And he's like, fuck off, and he takes the staff, and he goes and brings it to Megatron. Um, and they're basically, their plan is to use the staff to, it, it has some ability to, they're bringing Cybertron to Earth, and they're going to drain all of Earth's energy to rebuild Cybertron, which right. will leave Earth a barren husk. That's that's their big plan, right? True. And they've because got, meanwhile, you know, while all this is happening... There are these horns coming out of Earth. Yeah, which is not really explored at all because I'm I'm convinced that this was entirely a setup for the next movie, which de- never happened, or something just added way after the fact in post. Right. Yeah. So yeah, they the horns um, come up, and then if you trace it back to when Earth was in Pangea form, they they make like a a nice semicircle for another planet to fit in, which is where right Cybertron, around Stonehenge is the right. exact absolute center, right. of course. So that would be where Cybertron comes and sits. They drain all the life out of it. Boom. Yeah. So Optimus is is fucking evil right now. And uh, basically what what our good guys plan is, is they got to get the staff back so they can fucking like rally the the knights to go kill everyone and also just like stop their doomsday thing and stop Quintessa. And the the whole time there's like this. You you missed you missed a part, though. Like there, there is like an entire like fight scene where like. Uh, Mark and uh, Marky Mark and uh, Bumblebee are trying to uh, talk to Optimus. Like, this isn't who you are, and and like, uh, it, nothing's like phasing. And then like, uh, Bumblebee just somehow gets his voice back. I don't know how. Uh, and he's like, "You're my best friend." And Optimus was like, "Holy shit! I haven't heard you talk in a long time." And like, He's like, oh, I haven't heard you talk since we were back on Cybertron, even though definitely at the end of the first movie, Bumblebee got his voice back, and then they just decided that that didn't happen in the second movie, so whatever. <laughs> and, you know, and then, like, a night, a night dude's about, or, wait, no, and then, like, Megatron takes the staff, uh, Optimus was yep. like, oh, no, what have I done? And then, like, one of the night bots are like, we execute you, start swinging their big fuck-off sword, and Kate Yeager 
with a human sized sword somehow stops it i but the sword well, this is, is clearly talisman, this so. is the this yeah. is the magic of the talisman. The talisman that, that the dying transformer gave to him has attached itself to his body. And when this sword is about to swing and kill Optimus, it decides to materialize as its own sword, which is made out of the most shock-absorbing material possible, because he manages to stop the swing of a gigantic 40-ton robot with his tiny little human <laughs> arms, which are uh, admittedly large for human arms, but, like, still. I, it makes no sense. It's, yeah, I mean, there's clearly the implication is, boom, Transformer magic or whatever. Oh, can I fucking mention that earlier in the movie when they're talking about all the mysticism of this, that Cade Yeager is like, well, any fucking sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And then Vivian turns around and is like, Arthur C. Clarke impressive no the fuck it isn't that everyone and their mama in knows literally that every movie for the past like 20 years is the most basic ass basic quote you could possibly come up well, with you're assuming that those movies exist in the transformers timeline <laughs> we have no way of knowing that my guy maybe they don't even have movies at that's all. an interesting theory pat so you're suggesting that the reason that everyone in this universe is so fucking stupid is because they have not had any sort of like media Literature. consumption over correct <laughs> the reason that this college professor is teaching a class on king arthur is because no books have been written in this universe exactly <laughs> it makes sense now it's all coming together so oh. we find out that uh What's it called? Cybertron is speeding through the, the not galaxy, the solar system. And some scientist yeah. over at JPL is like, holy shit, I gotta go talk to the president about this. It's a uh, fucking, yeah, some scientists also known as uh, fucking uh, Buster Bluth. Right. Don't remember his <laughs> From Arrested name. Development. But he's like, yo, this thing is gonna kill us in three days. And he's got all these formulas laid out. But obviously the the president or whomever government official he's talking to is like, hey, man, I got a lunch to get to. Can you like wrap this up real quick? <laughs> it's like, dude, we're going to it's I'm, it's doomsday in three days. I, and you're I, like, oh, I, man, I, I'm okay, going to have to go I, eat I, lunch. I mean, I mean, Pat, to be fair, that might be the most realistic thing in this movie. I get that. It's just so fucking frustrating that even in reality, that's a possibility. It's also just like this this character's existence is kind of wild to me because like he never interacts with any of the other main characters really, right? right? Like he's just Wait, he talks to Anthony Hopkins, but Oh, does he? Yeah, maybe he does briefly. But he doesn't like talk to like Cade Yeager or, yeah. or Vivian or whatever. But he's just like off every once in a while being like, This magic solution isn't going to work. We have to do it with science. And I have come up with this exact perfect way to do it with science, and I'm like Dude, you've been in a fucking room this whole time. What the hell do you know about A, Cybertronian science, and B, what the hell's actually going on out there? Like, right. we've got fucking planets flying to each other. I think you can suspend your disbelief that maybe there's some fucking Transformer magic science that could actually also, do something also, in this situation. Also, he's, like, talking about it like it's magic and mumbo-jumbo, but it's not. It's science. Right. Transformer yeah. science. Like, advanced science. Millions of years ahead of you. What, but, what? like, I, I don't see a point to this character other than Michael Bay saying, like, 
scientists actually have their head up their ass what they what do they really know that's that is what i'm reading from the fucking meta context of this character existing in this movie is we have to have a dumb scientist who thinks that science is the solution but in fact he's wrong the whole time it's really magic or your theory that like michael bay just took a medieval or took a different script stamped transformers on it yeah uh, is true and he just never bothered to correct that particular line so, <sighs> yeah, God. our, Anyways, our valiant on. heroes try to regroup in order to save the planet by uh, going and launching a raid on Cybertron to get the staff back to stop uh, our Quintessa person who has not appeared in the movie for over an hour at this point. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, for oh from God. using the staff to drain all of the resources off of the Earth, which is actually Unicron. We also find out throughout this entire scenario that Vivian is a direct descendant of the great wizard Merlin, and she can wield the staff to use its powers. She's, yeah, she's the only one who can wield the staff. Mark Wahlberg which, is the chosen one with his medallion. Which is like, it's, why isn't she the chosen one? Woman need man to be successful. That's what that's what Michael Bay says to himself as he, like curls up in the fetal position alone every night it's like women need men women need men i'm useful because like i i also wonder i i is he married legitimately wonder what fucking michael bay's stance on all this is because there's a weird sort of dynamic in pretty much every transformers movie that like that we have our main character who is by all means a bumbling fucking idiot michael bay is not married a secondary female character who is just significantly more competent in every single stretch of the imagination but is mostly just used like sexual like he could put all these female characters in the movie and make them all idiots as well but despite his own best efforts they all still end up looking more competent than every other character in the movie yeah no that's the it's always the weird thing it's like for for all the misogyny he his protagonist characters who the audience is supposed to put themselves in the shoes of and relate to are the worst and the story acknowledges them as being the worst I would say, I don't know if the story, like, they're the worst, but I feel like there's a lot of stuff that, that still kind of, like, you know, I mean, it makes that- them seem like the good guy at the end. Because, like, Sam was like this, too. Like, both Sam and Kate are, like, they just do nothing but be insufferable little shitheads the entire time who are being totally irrational. And then at the end of the day, they do end up being the hero that saves it in the end. So there's still some sort of element there where it's, like sort of validating to their character Speaking of saving it in the end, we should wrap up the summary because we still haven't finished. So there's a lot of fucking slow-mo. They get the goddamn staff. They fucking bring it and they they fucking shoot Quintessa. She disappears. Megatron flies away. I don't think they kill him. There's this one section where uh, Vivian thinks she's sacrificing herself to save everybody because this bomb didn't work the right way that they wanted it to. Oh, Anthony Hopkins dies, I guess. Yeah, because he fucking takes out a shotgun and tries to shoot at Megatron. I'm sure that was going to help, bud. Right. And then Megatron shoots him and he dies. So oh. that that's... Oh. Yeah. Which... And then in the aftermath of Cybertron like being... I don't know. They didn't destroy Cybertron, right? They just kind of like... No, I think the movie ends with it kind of still being there, right. and I'm sure this is something that was going to be addressed about the world in the hypothetical sixth movie. Right. Like many of but these things, like just but it's general, still just there. There's general shrapnel falling from the sky because bombs yeah. have been going off or whatever. And in that yeah. shrapnel explosion, the Transformers emerge 
in their car forms, so we never actually see them transformed <laughs> in the movie. Nope. It all happens off screen. Yeah. There's a there's only like like there's a few things in the there's a few times in this movie where you see them actually right. transform, but it definitely feels like it's less and less in each movie. <laughs> and it's like what one of the few good things or one of the good things about the first movie, like the few good things. Yeah. It was never a good movie, but like was like the action sequences and like how yeah. they incorporated the Transformers transforming, not just also the, not like the just the car form and the robot form, but right. the motion of them transforming into the action. It's so it's so weird that I, they just ignore that. And I'd also sure. just like to say, like, I I'm no fucking like visual effects like expert or artist by any means, but. Is it my imagination, or is the CGI just, like, legitimately worse right. in this one and maybe the last one than it was in, like, the earlier movies? So I didn't see the like, last one. Like, they don't one. look real. Right. They look, like, very, like, hot. They look, like, very high-res, like, you know, PlayStation characters rather than... Right. Like, you, it, I feel like it's more apparent in this movie that, like, you are looking at CGI, whereas, of course, you are always looking at CGI, but, like... The CGI was done in a way in like the first couple movies in which it felt more practical. Am I imagining that? There was one scene that where Optimus comes in. So when Optimus comes in in the underwater like ship or whatever ship, yeah, and there are these two knights standing there while he's busting in the room. It literally looked like PlayStation Three graphics. Like, yeah, and also just like. There's, it's, like, weird little things. Like, I feel like on all of the Transformers, the saturation is way off. Yeah. Like, they're all much more saturated than they are compared to the background. Which, like, if I had to have them fuck up one thing, I'm glad they did that. Because, like, fucking thank God all the Transformers are at least different fucking colors. Since they're all just, like, gray blobs in the other movies. Yeah. But, like, they're, they're, they, they don't feel like, oh, like, that green Transformer feels like, oh, there was a green Transformer there. And then they cranked the saturation way the fuck up compared to the background. So it, like, it has that weird effect where it's, like, it just doesn't really fit with the environment. Right. Anyways, let's move past the summary. Because we yeah. are. No, I, I mean, I think that's that's pretty much yeah. it. I mean, they, they end it with you know, Optimus Prime giving another stupid speech at the end. And then there's an after credits scene about like Quintessa survived as a, or she's oh, camouflaging man. as some like, fucking like, woman in Egypt talking about Unicron coming. It, it, there's nothing to it. <laughs> by Michael Bay. I'm like, Oh, thank God the movie's finally over. And then the mid credits were rolling. And I'm like, no, 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 fuck this. I'm out of here. It's yeah. It's a very, it's a very nothing scene, but yeah, I mean that, that's pretty much, the, the summary of the movie is like, right. I, I imagine that that was a chore to listen to. I I promise you, if you had watched the movie, it would not be significantly easier to understand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. But the overall gist of this movie that we all seem to agree on is that this was not a Transformers movie. It was a movie no. about an Arthurian tale in modern times, similar to like a Da Vinci Code type thing, where then Michael Bay got his hands on the script and it was like, fuck yeah. Put some robots in it. Yeah. Now I'm I'm kind of curious here because like I'm I'm sort of tempted to actually move in a little bit early to the rating section because Chowder gave a suggestion of like what if instead of doing our traditional ratings we talked about ways we could fix this movie yeah. and I think that if we all kind of like stick to and claim one one you know you know not go through all the things that could change but just like pick one aspect of it that could be changed and kind of go into more depth about that than usual that could be a kind of interesting discussion yeah. would you guys be down to do that yeah, let's do that yeah let's do that 
All right, so we are going to move into the rating section. Usually we're rating it on a scale of 1 to 10, whatevers. Um, I, I think it's pretty apparent for all of us that this would be a 1 or a 0 out of 10, whatever. We are using a binary scale for this. Skulls. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's bad. It's very bad. Uh, it's somewhat less enjoyable than I remember it being to watch, just because Chowder's right, like despite all the stupidity and like how i enjoy watching bad movies it's also such a fucking slog to get through it's it's, um, it's boring as hell because like one it's as long as the lord of the rings why is yeah. it as long as the lord of the rings not lord of the rings has a lot of stuff going on plot yeah. wise while while this this can just be broken down into a few simple things Mar- marky yeah. mark is doing a refugee thing he gets yeah. chased uh, follows a guy named Cogman, meets a lady. They they go. They're told the exposition about King Arthur and his staff. Uh, they go find the staff, and it's a very standard story. But like, it dra- it's so long. Why? Yeah. So okay. So what I want to do is, I think, because Pat is the one who brought us here today. I think Pat is going to get first dibs on a thing about this movie that uh that they should have changed like just pick a, a you know a gen- like whether it's like cutting out scenes or fucking you know rewriting the story so it's something else like you don't focus on every single thing that could be better about this movie because we'd be here for hours just right. pick a general thing that you think would demonstrably improve this movie and give give your reasoning for it and then chowder and i will pick something else so pat do you want to bring us into it what do you think is like the most important thing that they should have done just completely differently in this movie all right the most important thing they could have done is remove the king arthur aspect of the film entirely it literally adds nothing besides establishing the precedent for knights existing and they're like yo we gotta have we gotta have knights we gotta have transformer knights in this movie therefore we need to have real world knights too to establish that that like false dichotomy or whatever so you take out the king arthur stuff you immediately remove at least half an hour of that movie and you still yeah. <laughs> don't lose any major story points. You can have some other explanation for why this one woman is the only person who can wield the staff from the human side. Or you just don't even have to go through that aspect at all. It adds literally nothing to the story if she's the only one who can do it. Yeah, It's, it's absolutely mind-boggling to me that we have Merlin, Arthur, the Knights of the Round Table, Nazis, and Transformers in the same fucking movie. That was also wild. You can keep the Nazis in there if you want to. That's fine. Like, that was actually interesting, having the Transformers be there in World War II and helping the Allied powers. Oh, my God. Sick. Okay. Keep that. I I know we're doing this thing right now, but this is, like, probably my most important bitching point aside to this whole fucking movie, because I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, When they fucking, you know, Anthony Hopkins reveals that, like, oh, Bumblebee and Hot Rod, like, helped out in Nazi Germany, right? And they're all... fucking mark Wahlberg is just like bumblebee was the savage fighter but he's such a nice guy or so he's like he's so nice and i'm just like watching this movie and i'm like when when in any of these movies has bumblebee been a nice guy you can tell us that he's a nice guy but i have not heard a literal line of dialogue from this fucking character that isn't like swearing out of his ass and he speaks through the radio or he's saying that he's gonna make you wish that you burned to death as a baby 
Like, when has Bumblebee been a nice guy? That, that is an actual line that they have in my, the movie. My fucking he, my he, biggest gripe about all of these movies, and this is not my fucking fix for this movie, is that every single Transformer, and really every single human character too, but all the Transformers are such assholes like 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 80 like percent of the yeah. dialogue is just bickering and screaming yeah and threatening to kill each other yeah like all the transformers dialogue with each other is like threatening to kill each other and then occasionally saying a nice thing about optimus prime maybe right it's like and then a human butts in with some humor to cut the yeah, tension but it's like when have any of the Transformers in these movies been nice guys? Like, Bumblebee, the character from the original cartoon, was a nice guy, but that is not the character we have been watching for the past fucking four movies. He's an asshole. He fucking, in the first movie, the tamest of all of these five movies, he literally pees on a dude out in the middle of the street. How could you characterize him as a nice guy? <laughs> anyway, uh, I could fucking go on about this shit for hours, but that... That bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> All right, let's let's go to the next. What are we? So, fixing? Chatter, what would you fix about Trans Five Murders the last night? I would actually have character threads that run through the movies and less characters, so that you don't have to worry about so many threads. So, my suggestion: take Marky Mark, the orphan girl, Polo Girl, the. Vivian, Vivian's her name, and yep. compile them into mm-hmm. one character, and yeah. uh, and and so we have this character who is who is working with Bumblebee, uh, and they're struggling to keep order because uh, they can't, they don't have the same kind of respect uh, Optimus Prime had, and they're trying to struggle with that through, while dealing with all the shit going on in the movie. And it, it, it's, it could be a story on like them learning to become leaders in Optimus Prime's absence, culminating in them yeah. going up against Optimus Prime as a foil, evil Optimus Prime as a foil, and thus a more satisfying movie. I I don't know. Yeah, that yeah. that that was somewhat going to be my suggestion. Is just. Not even necessarily merge, but just straight up eliminate half the characters in this movie. Like, Isabel, Junkyard Girl, does not need to be there in the slate. She contributes absolutely nothing to the plot. Um, I think for the sake of keeping the weird dynamic that they have, like, it's an integral part of the movie. I think we need Anthony Hopkins, we need Vivian, and we need Kate Yeager, I guess. Right, really, those two characters, I agree with you, could be merged into one and just get rid of the stupid sexual tension. But, like, I, I don't think fucking Cade Yeager's second underpaid intern needs to be in this movie at all. He also disappears about halfway through. Uh, I don't really think that Lennox needs to be in this movie, the, the military guy from the first movie, because, like, there's plenty of other military presence. I don't think we need to have him as a significant playing role. Um, I don't think... Megatron actually needed to be in this movie nope. because I feel like all of Megatron's role in this movie could have just been filled with evil Optimus Prime and it would have had the same effect. Yeah. Am I wrong about that? No, no, you're right. Like, and, and no, also right. you could just chalk anything you couldn't chalk to evil Optimus Prime. You could just chalk to Quintessa sent this to yeah. or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, yeah, certainly eliminate the fucking Suicide Squad of Transformers. They did nothing at all. Yeah. Um, but they wouldn't really have a place without Megatron anyway. But yeah, I, like, I, I don't, I also don't think that fucking Buster Bluth needed to be in this movie because, like, he didn't really serve as a significant force of conflict in the movie, more as just, like, a dude that was really stressed out about how the fact that no one was listening to him and then no one listened to him and then the day, and then it was fine. Like, he didn't really serve as a barrier to the main characters where he had to, you know, like, even if I was on board for the whole fucking science versus mysticism argument where he's the skeptical scientist and he needs to be put in his place because there's more important mystical powers here. Like, he didn't really serve as any sort of barrier to our characters. He was just kind of off complaining all the time and didn't interact with really anybody significant other than fucking Anthony Hopkins. So, oh, no, he didn't, yeah, I, he didn't uh, interact with Anthony Hopkins. The president interacted with Anthony Hopkins, I was Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, so I, I don't think he needed to be in this movie. I don't think that, not that, I don't think minister. that we needed the fucking John Turturro Simmons cameo either. Like, he didn't really pay a significant part in the story either. He was just kind of in a scene, which, like, maybe that's fine as a fucking cameo or whatever, but, like, did not need to be in this fucking movie. I mean, the biggest thing I would fucking change about all of these movies is just, just make it shorter. All of all of our stuff is saying make the movie yeah, shorter. Definitely make the movie shorter. But like the biggest thing I would change about all of the fucking Transformers movies is just make the Transformers the actual characters. Even if we have a human who is the main character, like the Transformers, every single one of them are completely one-dimensional characters in all of these movies. Except for, like, maybe Optimus Prime in the first movie was kind of cool, right? But ever since then, it's just, like, none of the Transformers serve as anything other than just, like, weird stereotypes that exist. And it's just, like, why are we... If the whole movie is about the Transformers, could the Transformers be the actual characters? Like, even a little bit? It's, it's just baffling to me <laughs> i mean like let, let's just right. recap real quick like all of our complaints are under the bigger umbrella of shorten the damn movie pat's, yeah pat's saying get get rid of the king arthur stuff i'm saying yep. have a character have like a through thread of like characterization that runs through the movie uh yeah uh you're saying cut down on the characters uh and i think what we're trying to say is just make a movie just make yeah dude like i just it, there's so many like it's not just the characters but there's so many scenes in this movie that i watch it and i'm just like in a normal length movie i'm gonna be like oh that was kind of a weird scene but whatever but like i'm watching this movie knowing that it is two hours and 45 minutes long and i'm just like who allowed this scene to be left in the movie how long was this movie before stuff was cut out was anything cut out i'd really like to know because like if they fucking film like six hours movie worth of footage and then like cut it down to this that's baffling that any of these scenes are the ones that were decided to keep in because it's just like i want to know i would much rather have them make a six hour long movie <laughs> and like cut it up into two yeah. movies because i i would be it would at least give us the story threads that we're looking for. Yeah, because it's hope. baffling because it's like not. just more misogyny. The movie like is the almost three hours long, and there still feels a lot like a lot of stuff that is like not properly explored, right? Yeah. Like there's it's two hours right. and forty five minutes, and there's still scenes devoted to setting up hype for the next movie, which never fucking happened, right? Like and it's it, very it's, uh, you know Batman versus Superman in that way. <laughs> yeah, like the like the second Transformers movie sucked and it had the excuse yep. of oh it was during the writer's strike 
there weren't any writers on board. What does this yeah. movie have to say for itself? Oof. Yeah. They didn't have money for the writers because they had to pay for all the shitty CGI. Yeah. And fucking... Yeah, I know. That's the baffling thing, right? Is they've got all these scenes that look like really expensive, like the huge, you know, King Arthur battle scene in the beginning. And it was just like, you couldn't have maybe moved that money to either better writing or even better CGI because frankly like that's the whole point of the movie even if you have a shit story the Transformers should at least look good in my opinion in this one they really kind of didn't at least not to the standard that some of the other movies had like fucking I could complain about you know the, the, the plot and all the writing of these movies forever but like it is supposed to be like a big stupid blockbuster movie and it doesn't even really work in that context I don't think so I uh, but yeah, I mean, like, like again, the first movie, for all its faults, it did take advantage of like the concept of the Transformers and, and, and yeah. almost obscure films. <laughs> Get that out of there, man. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, even in the first movie, they made up a lot of shit that was not like previously yeah. present in like yeah, yeah. Sure, Transformers they, sure they may have made up a lot of shit but the idea of transforming robots is used in the action scenes it's in, yeah like yeah no you're right like like I still remember that like highway fight uh where like you know they're transforming into the car and then transforming out and roller skating on their yep. wheels and it, it's it's a really cool scene or the final fight fight scene in the first movie where it's where the Autobots are outnumbered by the uh Decepticons, and so they have to like use tactics, and it's like, yeah, oh, okay, those were actually pretty good, all things considered. Uh, the, I mean, the movie's still not good, but there were good stuff in it, and then yeah, if, after that, it's like, get that out of there. What what do you think we're doing? Make, trying to make a quality movie? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's like pretty apparent in this one that just like there's so little actual transforming going on, like. I, I think that if you took out the Transformers in this movie and made it literally any other alien race, like, there would be absolutely no difference, right? Like, you know, we could speculate as, like, oh, what if they just took out the fucking alien plotline altogether and just made it a better movie? But even if they replaced the Transformers with other aliens, like, there's no there's no significance to them being Transformers in this movie at all. Oh, my but, God. So yeah. I just looked this up. There were six people editing. <laughs> that explains so much. Those poor people. That is so hard to get. Like having six people try to edit the same movie. But it explains so much. Keep everything the movie is so relatively straightforward. Cutting and oh my. Maybe it was six hours, and that's why they needed six editors. Oh, oh my Christ. God. Uh, right. I, I mean, we could, I, there's lots of content here that we could keep fucking ranting about forever. And I hope, I really do hope that our, our just nonsense rambling and ranting for the past two hours was somewhat enjoyable to the viewers. Cause I do really at the bottom of my heart, enjoy talking about these movies cause I do enjoy a good, bad movie and it, it's always going to like, Irre- irrevocably pain me that the that the Transformers movie franchise is so bad because I really am a huge Transformers fanboy like the the franchise not these movies I don't really like any of the movies except for maybe Bumblebee but uh, at least you'll always have but, Bumblebee 
Yeah, well, yeah. We can talk about Bumblebee another time. It's a good movie. I don't think it's a good Transformers movie per se. Um, but that that's neither here nor there. That could be its own fucking discussion for another day. I hope that this was salvageably listenable to to people because oh i i did God. enjoy the discussion it's nice to fucking get this shit off my chest but uh yeah like, i think let's fucking wrap it up there um i have been your host jeff levitt uh yeah real quick someone in the comment section to that article i found for the six editors thing goes nobody liked it question mark couldn't care less what snobbish critics think i think this was the best <laughs> one in the franchise <laughs> fuck Bull, off i don't believe you would this is like in uh this is like in the end of borat 2 when they've got fucking the kazakhstanis paid to write i'm black and i voted for donald trump this is what that person feels like (laughs) they somehow (laughs) no they somehow put a fucking reference to trump's election in this review read it read it now yeah they're like (laughs) no amount of reviewer bullshit is going to change that hell if most reviewers had their way all movies would be glorified hipster indie flicks with bloated dialogue super diverse (laughs) characters and a plot only an english lit major would possibly enjoy hint these movies would all fail because the vast majority of the population as seen in the last election are not in this oh my fuck off i hope you literally never speak again in your entire life look i I think i'm pretty sure i've said the phrase i've said the phrase this is baffling to me maybe like 30 times throughout this episode but like that's incredibly baffling to me because there's lots of simple fun movies out there that don't have to you don't have to fucking have a literature degree to enjoy right like there's dumb big blockbuster movies this is not that this is a bad version of of attempting to try to do that you know what i mean like this is not like this isn't a mindless flick. I don't, this you is have two, to you probably have to, to have a two two and a half hour epic a la lord of the rings but failing badly like, at it yeah what that that comment is so wild to me because i honestly feel like if you don't have like six degrees then you could not possibly watch this movie once through and understand what the fuck was going on because it is so all over the place. It's not like it's got a simple plot that, you know, the common folk can understand. It's legitimately confusing, like to a significant degree, I would say. <laughs> anyway, that's hilarious. I am even angry <laughs> that I found that review now. <laughs> like, I want to slap that I have guy been in your face. host. My name is Jeff Levitt. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I've got an Instagram where I have not posted in months, but I've got some stuff up there. Uh, it's things I wish existed. There's a dot between each word. Um, I have a, this is germane to this topic, but I have a YouTube channel where I review Transformers toys for the most part. Uh, so if that's the kind of thing that you're into, which I don't expect most of you to be, but that's okay. Uh, that is Alchemist Prime Reviews on YouTube. And I've been joined by Chowder and Pat. Do uh, either of you have any social media stuff that you want to pimp out yeah you can find me on twitter at Taimul Chodri. i also run the common geeking program twitter account so you can see that too sweet pat uh you can find me on twitter at pure riffery p-u-r-e-r-i-f-f-e-r-y and if you are specifically someone 72 from polygon dm me because I want to fight you. <laughs> Are you talking about the, the the person who left the fucking Trumpist review on Transformers 5? 
That's also just wild yes. because Transformers 5 came out in 2017, right? Which means that, oh, 2016. Never mind. Okay. That makes sense. Well, this review was left in 2017. Yeah, yeah. yeah. July 17th, 2017. Um, and also, Pat, I, this is somewhat of an aside, but it's fucking relevant to uh, just you at this point. I had to think about how this came out. I just fucking caught up with uh, Dice Populi today, and it's a, it's a real good oh, time. Nice. That's another podcast that is technically under our wing, uh, if you're familiar with Colin and Pat and uh, and Matt and a few of, other, few of our other friends. They do a real Ryan. play uh D podcast and it's uh it's it's been going for a little while now and it's it's got some pretty good stuff i finally caught up with it yeah it's it's a lot of fun doing that podcast i definitely enjoy uh our system where we rotate the dms helps keep everybody fresh gives you a chance to play as a player character but then gives you a chance to get a little bit more down and dirty with coming up with a story and a campaign so yeah very, it's, very it's a good listen i would recommend it even if i didn't know these people and in fact i would think my listening to it I like the podcast despite knowing you, I think, not because knowing you. Not you, personally. But... <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm fucking deep, mostly Jackie. kidding, but there's like... Yeah. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Just digging yourself deeper, friend. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I think that it would be fun to fucking reconvene maybe with specifically the three of us sometime and talk about some of the other Transformers movies, because I, I think we could get a lot of dialogue off of Age of Extinction uh, as well, if maybe we want to yeah. organize it a little bit more uh, efficiently than we did this one. But uh, I I had a good time, regardless of the clusterfuckery that, uh, that is this episode, and I hope you guys did too, and I hope you did listening to it. But uh, our next episode of the podcast is going to be on the third Friday in February, I think which is going to be the 19th of February. So look forward to that. And then we'll have another briefing program on the first Friday in February, the 5th. And uh, without further ado, uh, we've been the Common Geeking Program. Thanks for listening, uh, watching, listening, whatever you do, subscribing. I fucking don't have the script on, open in front of me, so I'm just going off of memory. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you in a few weeks. Ciao. This episode of the Common Geeking Program is hosted by Jeff Levin. Join this episode by Tamil Chaudhary and Pat Barron. This episode is sponsored by Explosions. Kaboom. The podcast is created and produced by Colin Ketchin and Jeff Levin and features original music by Colin Ketchin. This episode was edited by me, Tamil Chaudhary. We'd love for you to stay engaged with us on social media at Geeking Program or by using C hashtag CGP. If you want to know more about us and all of our other projects, head to commongeekingprogram.com. Stay in touch, stay tuned, and as always, thank you for listening to this. Ciao!